Hi, welcome to Piloting. I'm Melissa. And I'm Renee. And we're your hosts. Piloting is a podcast for people who refuse to live on autopilot, where we celebrate risk takers, go-getters, and anyone craving a change. How are you, Renee? I'm doing really well. I feel like probably not as well as you, though. You have a birthday coming up. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And it's, um, I know I've talked about becoming a, a summer gal this year, but technically and historically speaking, fall is one of my favorite seasons. Um, and so every time my birthday ap- approaches, I feel like it just inches closer to fall season. Um, so that's what September does. But yes, it's coming up September 2nd. FYI, oh. I'm a Virgo, if you haven't pegged me for one already. Um, and yeah, I'm excited for this one. I I appreciate aging. I don't mind it at all. Me too. I think it's a blessing. I, I, I really, I think that's why I'm so passionate about having opportunities for older people, because I want nothing more than to have the chance to grow old. I think that's yes. so beautiful. Yeah. Um, and I might have to adopt some of your birthday traditions of using that day as reflection and kind of mm. journaling and, and doing some inner work. Um, no secured final plans yet, but definitely going to be doing something for myself that day and then probably something with family. So Good. we'll see. I'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, good energy coming up. Um, and I like this part of the year, so I'm excited. It's really unbelievable. I can't do math. September, October, November, four months left. Yep. Yep. It's time is flying. <laughs> <laughs> and you and Emily shared something on your stories about it being four months left and like being really I forgot what the quote was, but something about being really intentional about how you're going to spend the the last four months of the year. Yeah, it's funny. I found that quote on my own. And then afterwards, like seven people that I'm friends with <laughs> had shared. So it, it, it just really resonated with many people. It's yes. Just, you know, it's like kind of anti this whole you have to start everything new on January 1st. You can look at the year and say, hey, we've got four months left. We've got three weeks left. Like, what are we going to do with that time? Mm-hmm. Let's be intentional. So yeah, it's it's back to school season, baby. Time to get our pencils out and start working again. I mean, some of us worked all summer, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Maybe that's also why I love this part of the year too, is growing up, I loved back to school. And I feel like a lot of people can relate. I don't know, maybe. Just like the nostalgic feeling of going to at the time, like Kmart and Walmart and getting all of your school supplies and Mm -hmm. your file folders and the Lisa Frank, like dolphin printed file folders and five-star notebooks. Gel pens in all different colors. Yeah. Your locker rug. Locker rug? What's that? Yeah. Well, you you know, when you have your locker and you, like some people put like chandeliers in their locker. I've never seen that on TV Buy, I I feel like I had – I don't know about a locker rug, but I had like a locker shelf and then I had like a purple mirror and like a pen holder or something in my locker. Oh. I guess I didn't really get to lock until I moved here in high school and maybe people weren't doing it as much or maybe I just didn't know it was a thing. Yeah. Now, <laughs> it's, I saw I'm it on TV a, though and it's cute. 
right? All the like the Liz- actually, um, never have I ever. Their lockers are always decorated. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I've always seen it on TV. That's cute that people are doing it in real life too. I love that. <laughs> yeah, you love that, Renee. <laughs> you know I'm gonna say it at least six more times. <laughs> I had to say it at least once. Uh, but we've got a really good topic coming up today. Um, and it sort of involves a lot what we talked about with our in our last episode with Michelle. Um, she mentioned having like a full-time job while also balancing her her business. And, and so today we're really just going to unpack that and talk about should our jobs, um, should we have to disclose to our jobs that we do have a side gig or we're freelancing on the side, um, unpack that a bit and talk about it from like an individual perspective of, in terms of is that fair? Um, could companies do better to respect that? Or have we seen or have we had positive experiences with those, with those conversations with our own companies? For sure. And I guess to start, to set the context for this conversation, I will link this in the show notes, but a bank rate study earlier this year in 2023, um, that survey found that 39% of US adults have a side hustle. And Mm. of those people with a side hustle, one third of them, about 33% of US adults, say that they use their side hustle to pay for regular living expenses. I think often, yeah, when we talk about side hustles and balancing that with your main job, I think we fall a little bit into the privilege trap of, oh, you're just trying to make extra money on top of, you know, your already well-paying salary and you're just trying to do all of these artistic, creative things, which, by the way, nothing is wrong with. You're allowed to have multiple interests. Nothing wrong with either of those. And indulge them and express them and explore them in different ways. But I think it is also important to remember that for many people, side hustles are not trying to compete with your main job. They're just there to supplement because you're not getting paid enough. I know at my first job in New York, sort of my first professional job in PR, one of my colleagues who worked with me nine to five or nine until um, Monday to Friday. (laughs) Like how you phrased that. (laughs) Yeah, like this five never left at five. Nine until. Until dot, dot, dot. Um, But she also, just because like entry level, it's a high cost of living city, to supplement our pay, which really just wasn't a lot, she had a second job as a hostess and a waitress, a server at a restaurant for brunch on on Saturdays and Sundays on the weekend. Mm -hmm. So she was working seven days a week, not because she had any deep passion for the restaurant industry, but because she just couldn't afford it. Like she and her family couldn't afford to live on that income. I mean, at that time in my life, that's when I got into credit card debt also because I just couldn't afford to live in an expensive Mm -hmm. city like that with what I was making. So I think I say all of that to say that we should have some kindness before we attack the side hustle because for many people, it's a need and not a want. Yeah, thanks for framing that because, you know, I, I'm looking back on when I just worked at a restaurant that was, quote, my full-time job at the time. 
And there were definitely a lot of people who worked there, specifically the dinner shifts and the weekend shifts, who had full-time positions. And in my head, you know, back then, I mean, I didn't like question it, but um, you, when you think about getting a full-time job, you don't – your first instinct, your first – you know, thought isn't, okay, now I have to get another job. Yeah. You know, I think we we place a lot of we place a lot of faith in that full time position when we get it. And yeah, depending on where you are in your career, depending on a lot of different factors, if you, you know, if you're in the same field as we are, like being in an agency versus working in house, like those there are a lot of things that determine what your salary is. And yeah, there's just things aren't – we're not making very livable wages, at least especially – not like everyone, right? Like it's not an even playing field. And I think especially from the company side, there is a lot of maybe judgment or fear or and coming up to them and sharing that you do have another job. Um and I, yeah, I don't know. I kind of want to unpack that a little bit in terms of like, have you ever had to sign a document at a company you worked at to tell them like, hey, I will disclose to you if and when I get, if and when I decide to freelance or have another job? Because I know I've had to sign papers I, like that before. I can't remember, but I think I have at some point. And for me, my disclosure to companies has been really dependent on the organization and the culture there. So Mm -hmm. this podcast, I told my boss about it, but that's because my boss is someone who has also been vocal about, you know, previously having side interests, projects, you know, whether it was income generating or not, that I felt like it was a safe space to tell them and I knew that it, I wouldn't be judged or cut down. Also, this work is not in competition with the work that I do <laughs> normally. It happens on my own devices, in my own time outside of work. Like, it, it's not going to be a conflict of, of content in that way. And I just, mm-hmm. most importantly, I felt that my boss would be a receptive audience to that. I've had previous companies where... They just weren't really accepting of anything like <laughs> so that when I did have side freelance gigs, I, I wouldn't say anything. I just did it, kept it under wraps. Again, it was on my own time, so it wasn't in conflict with anything. So I just didn't bring it up. What about you? Have you always um, disclosed? I I feel like there's a – where I worked with not this last job but another job, I've had to sign a piece of paper saying that if I did get – if I did get some sort of side gig freelance that I would have to disclose that information. And this is very different from the non-compete clauses that I'm sure a lot of us have to write or have to sign. And so it's not like you're picking up another job with, you know, at the time I was with an agency working with another agency and, you know, there's a lot of intellectual, you know, property that, companies have to be careful about you not sharing that information out. So I think there's definitely certain situations that you have to be more mindful of. But even you mentioned like this podcast, like, you know, as of right now, it's not something that we're accruing 
a lot of money from or any money from. I was like, <laughs> a lot? What are you hiding from me? <laughs> <laughs> we're manifesting that this will become something where we're able to partner with brands. But yes, currently right now, it's not something where we're generating income, but it is something that we are doing in our free time and not doing during the work hours. And so I was the same with you in my last job. I felt really comfortable with my manager in particular of sharing that this is something that is of interest. And I felt like in that specific culture, they put a lot of emphasis on professional development of having interests outside of your job. We talked about the three C's a lot, character, competency, and community. And not all of that had to relate back to work, but it was I like sort of those like three C's. I've never heard your whole that self. I know. I feel kind of like culty, like regurgitating like <laughs> our values and all that stuff. Like you know, gotta be a little careful. But I did love like the foundational message that that sent in terms of like how we expect you to show up to work, and we understand on a fundamental level that work is not everything. Um, And so that was really refreshing, especially coming from like a corporate company and a corporate quote environment. Um, But there, I definitely have been in other situations like you that I did not feel like disclosing. And those were the positions where (laughs) looking back on it was laughable salary. And I'm like, how, (laughs) how is anyone going to, live and it's not like I'm living this extravagant life and like like you know living well beyond my means Mm -hmm. I'm like I'm just a girl trying to buy groceries (laughs) you know yeah I think honestly this fear or hesitation with companies about letting people have side hustles side jobs I think I think competitive companies who want to attract the best talent are going to have to let that go. They're going to have to keep the non-competes in place, obviously. If I'm working at Uber, I can't be picking up a side gig at Lyft. Like, that's a clear conflict of interest, obviously. Mm -hmm. But I think more generally, people are going to have to relax. Earlier this year, I saw this great article in Bloomberg about some of the largest um, financial trading companies in Japan Um, that relaxed some of their rules that are now allowing employees to pursue side careers. Previously, that was not allowed. They said, you get paid enough to work in finance. You don't, you're not a case of need. You don't need a side job. However, Mm -hmm. they recognize that to retain younger workers, as you know, we've been changing our work styles, remote work, flexible work hours, in order to retain and attract that great young talent, They had to let people say, I want a side job. I want to be a YouTuber. I want to become an artist. And I think we're going to see more of that where in order to get people who want to stay, who want to remain engaged, but also want to explore interests outside of work, they're not going to stay at a main job that is so rigid Mm -hmm. about preventing them to do things. And I mean, this is coming from Japan, which I don't know a ton about their work culture. I know stereotypically in America... You know, there have been stereotypes about it being a little stricter. I don't know how accurate that is, but I do appreciate that other, you know, major economies in the world are, at least certain companies in those countries, are starting to relax a bit and just recognize that times are changing. And there's, I mean, if I'm going to speak from the company side of things, I'm going to run a company, but I just see a lot of positives. Like, I can definitely... 
I, I understand that there are some like boundaries and potentials of, you know, some people making maybe taking advantage of certain situations. Of course, there's going to be people who ruin everything for everyone else. Um, but in general, like at face value, I think that like allowing people to have these side projects or explore things outside of what they're doing for their nine to untils <laughs> is, uh, <laughs> or for some of us eight to untils sometimes. Yeah. Um, I think there's like a lot of benefit, a lot of positives that come out from, from that. I mean, especially, you know, I knew someone in my old job who during the day was a very creative graphic designer, but in his solo time, he produced music, he pursued photography, he did all these other projects that made that gave him fulfillment and sort of stretched himself creatively, that it made him it continued to make him a better creative at work. And I mean, I could say the same for this podcast of us being able to talk about certain subjects, us stretching our minds. And, you know, now we know how to launch a podcast and as someone who is in brand marketing in my you know in my day job like that's something that I can bring to a company and say hey look uh I went through the process of building a brand with my partner uh, my podcast partner and we launched a podcast you know and so there's Mm -hmm. that sort of like you're building skills you're continuing to work on yourself you know why wouldn't a company want that and if it's, you know, the right company, it shows them initiative, right? It shows them you're willing to continue to work on passions. You have a passion. You're passionate. Um, and, yeah, you're – you just want to be creative. And and so there's, like, the side of it being a need of, like, I need to make more more money, supplemental income, and or – you know, this is a side project. It's not going to ever replace my full-time job, but it's helping me be better at it. For sure. You're definitely learning different skills. I mean, I have had, not through a side project where I generated income, but through side passions. I was in a Facebook group about travel and I was really active in this many years ago, back when I used to use Facebook just to date myself. Um, (laughs) But through that group, I actually met a woman who her company was looking for a PR agency. I actually brought that into my agency at the time. And so I was a channel, like my side passion was a channel for new business. We won the account. I brought in business to the company. Does that happen every single time? No. I mean, that may never happen again. So that could have just been a one-off. But in that case, I actually brought you revenue and they kept that company for a while. You know, it wasn't just like a one-time thing, even if it was like I brought in money through this project. So Yeah, I think what you mentioned, a lot of it comes down to trust in employees. And yes, there are going to be people who abuse that trust. Unfortunately, that is the world we live in. But for the vast majority of people, I think they're going to see that freedom as another reason like, oh, if I'm having a bad day, I know we recently had an episode on quitting. If I'm having a bad day, do I quit this job? Knowing that my company is supportive and encouraging of these other interests for me is another check mark in the column of you don't need to quit this job. It's a fantastic job. It just was a bad day. 
versus a mm-hmm. place that's just trying to control you outside of your work in so many, like you're already spending most of the day there and now you're trying to like control what I do outside of here. Like, like, yeah. come on. <laughs> like, that's what are we doing? Much. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's too much control. And I think just a lot of crossed boundaries. Um, because, and I would think, I mean, you would, you would think that we would want more people out in the world who are multidimensional, multi-hyphenates. Um, I think that I don't know if I'm ever going to be like a, a solo. This is the only thing I'm ever going to do for the rest of my life. Me personally, I'm like, that's, ugh, that sounds really boring. Um, me personally, <laughs> but, yeah. and it, you know, so a side hustle, a side project, it doesn't necessarily mean, you know, you're, you're, it's not necessarily like you're doing the same thing that you're doing to your nine to five. And then you're just doing it as your five to nine. Like a lot of side hustles can vary. It could be things of interest. But I also feel like, which I feel like a lot of people are starting to do, which is like Airbnb hosting or rental companies and property management. Like there's so many ways of garnering like additional and supplemental income. Like, that to me, like you wouldn't control somebody for renting out their house, but that technically is something that they do, which is a quote, a side gig. So why would you want to take control over someone who's trying to design flyers for bands on the side? 100%. And why do I need to disclose one over the other? Absolutely. And I think also a lot of, a lot of this also in our current environment of job instability and different things that are happening, it just makes having a side hustle more attractive to employees. We've talked about this ad nauseum, layoffs, restructurings, like there's just a lot of volatility in the job market that it almost feels foolish to rely solely on one stream of income. And that's even if you're working at the best company, because as we've talked about with layoffs, you could be a high performer, you could be loved by your company and love them back. But if something happens and they're like the numbers, like the math ain't math and babe, we got to get rid of some people. (laughs) Uh It's not personal. But then I'm out of a job and I'm just supposed to start from scratch. No, at least I have this little thing that's Bringing in five hundred dollars is Giving that enough? Me a little to, bit yeah. of a boost. <laughs> yeah, I right. think it's just when things are going great. You know, I think it's easy to say that no, you should just be reliant on this one thing. You trust us; we'll take care of you. But we've just seen over the couple of years that even with the best intentions, so not even being snarky, even with great companies, yeah. great places, shit happens. Like, yeah, it, it, that's just life, um, and you have to protect yourself. So. Yeah, and there's, you know, I could make the argument, not I can make the argument, but there, how can you expect, I'm just thinking of a high paid, you know, executive and being paid a certain amount of money per month, you know, or per year, and you have a certain lifestyle, you have, you know, you have a family, you have car payments, you have all this stuff, and then that being completely stripped from you. And yeah, you don't have anything 
you have to depend on your savings now or now you have to depend on unemployment or now you have to like go through all these hoops to find another job. Like I'm thinking of it in a high paying executive, but I mean, let's think about all this other, you know, folks down here who are trying to just make, you know, make things just trying to live paycheck to paycheck or whatever. Like it's scary. And now that, you know, I'm out of a job, I wish I had something that was helping me with supplemental income because even though I may emotionally, mentally not be ready for another full-time position, it at least gives me a little bit more security. Mm-hmm. And that's what we all deserve is some security of knowing that these moments just happen. And I mean, like when you lose your job voluntarily, involuntarily, I mean, like everything goes like your insurance goes like yeah I think that is your ability to save for retirement which granted yeah you're like you're you you might be thinking about a 401k when you like can't pay the rent but still it's like another part of your portfolio your whole Mm -hmm. plan is impacted it's impacted and it gets your it gets pushed back now you're like okay when I was doing this and I put in this amount of money you know, by 65, this is what I would have and this would supplement me for a while. And then now you don't get to contribute. Some companies don't allow you to contribute until you've been working for six months. Like it just really messes up the whole system. It really <laughs> and all does. of everyone deserves security in their retirement. Like everyone. For sure. Um, I want to talk about companies that really celebrate when people have mm. side gigs. I mean, we, we were talking a lot about some companies and like, should you tell them? Should you not? I interviewed many, many moons ago um, with a company that I really admire and have used mm-hmm. on my own, Squarespace. I um, love the story. <laughs> yeah. I, I, it just honestly, it made me love Squarespace even more. So I interviewed for a job there ages ago. And at the time, I don't know if this is still the policy, but at the time, one of the interview questions that they asked me was, what do you do outside of work? And not in terms of tell me your hobbies. They were like, what's your thing? We have people who sell Mm. jam online. We have people who are selling crafts, who write song music and do, you know, basically it it was just the company culture was almost built around. If you work at Squarespace, chances are you're the kind of person who would need a Squarespace website Mm. because you've got something going on. That's not just, here's my LinkedIn resume. No shade to LinkedIn because I love LinkedIn. But (laughs) I remember at the time, I was super early in my career and I was like, "Um, well, you know, I just like like trying restaurants and hanging out with my friends. And I mean, they were very polite about it, but I could sense almost a slight, not disappointment, but just, huh. Like they really celebrated Mm. a culture of people who are doing different things. And I remember that just really shocked me because I interviewed for a job there at the time when I was working for a company who absolutely did not want you sneezing without it going on record. It was just, they were very by the book. Everything has to be logged in a certain way. And I'm not against protocol and like following the law. Obviously, I'm a law-abiding citizen. But (laughs) just, I don't know, it was just such a stark contrast that a company would encourage you to have a rich life that involves, whether it's making income, creating communities, being connected outside of your job. And 
I feel like we're kind of, some companies are moving in that direction again, but we do have some places where it's not. Have you, have you been in a, a space where people really celebrated everyone's no. activities outside of work that were not family activities? Yeah. Like, yeah. You have a kid. Great. Everyone has kids <laughs> and that's beautiful. I want kids one day, so I'm not shading kids. <laughs> <But>. <laughs> I did not experience that culture until my last job. I think the the most recent one, um, they just really, I mean, their whole, whole thing was like, bring your whole self to work. That's a whole other thing that we have to like unpack one day. But for the most part, I had a positive experience with that kind of like mentality where they recognize that we are just not what our job titles say. There's a lot more to us and we're multi-layered people. And even in the introduction, or even when, I'm sorry, when we first got hired, um, we had to share like a slide deck of who we are and we had to answer some questions. It sounds cringe, but I promise it was actually like really, really positive and like sweet. And I got to learn a lot about the rest of my team and we were encouraged to, to share those, those types of details of like, look at all... Um, like look at all of the people who have all these like hobbies and we had like, um, I wasn't on this team, but our internal communications team had, um, a campaign that they were running and I forgot exactly. Oh, it was, I think the title was people are awesome. And they made like a whole like campaign video and shared all of the hobbies that every employee like was involved in and they you know here here are the people who have youtube channels here are the people who make cooking videos here are the people who um have dog instagrams i was in that group and they just like celebrated yeah they just like continued and they didn't just do it on like you know our awards day they it was like built out over the year to share all the stories of all of the people who worked for this company And they even actually started a podcast so that they can dig in deeper about what was so – like what interested everyone. And it wasn't about work at all. Like it wasn't like – so, you know, it was very quick. I'm like, what do you do for us? But then it was like one question and like let's move on to the thing that really like drives you. What's like your big passion? And so we got to learn a lot about people's different interests. Um. And they were someone where if I was and if I had decided to to do some freelancing or side gigs, I, I feel like they would have been really, really supportive in that. And I would I, and I would have felt comfortable enough to disclose that. I like that because especially like in an organization, we talk a lot about building culture, especially in this remote hybrid workspace world. If I'm trying to build community with my coworker, the first thing I say to him is not going to be, hey, Brad, I know you're really good at spreadsheets, so let's connect on that. I mean, we, we wouldn't connect because I'm not a spreadsheet girl, so that's a Oh, no, I love spreadsheets. Wait. <laughs> this is why we work, because we complement each other. I'm not – do not give me, like, an Excel – like have fun oh with. Well, no I mean never excel I mean I'm right. talking like Google I'm talking about Google sheets but 
Sorry. But yes, back to Brad. Back to your like Fictional initial. Brad. <laughs> no, but it's like I'm not going to talk to him about like the things that we talk about all day. Like, hey, I'm trying to get closer to you at work, Melissa. Do we want to talk about that article that you wrote for the blog? Like, no. <laughs> like, I'm going to say, hey, I heard you have a podcast and I listened to an episode. Mm. Let's connect on that. Or I mean, mm-hmm. some of the earliest listeners who gave positive feedback to our podcast were some of my coworkers. And I really, really appreciated that. I shared some mm. of them with you. I was like, my coworkers listen, and this is what they said. How sweet. Another coworker, her family makes pasta sauces. Like her in-laws are Italian. And so I was like, oh, I want to support. This is great. And so she gave me a jar. And I'm like, I'm so excited to like be able to cook with it and then like Mm -hmm. place an order and just like shout about it from the rooftops. And I just think stuff like that's beautiful. Like I'm not connecting with her about our day-to-day job. It's these things that either we're doing outside of work Mm -hmm. or our loved ones are doing, which sometimes are just hobbies, but oftentimes can include side jobs, if you want to call them that, or income generating activities. Mm -hmm. And those are the things where we really dig in and where you move a little bit from colleague to friend that Mm -hmm. I think even for your existing company, like that's a, that's a way that people can feel more connected within your organization is by talking about the things that they do outside. And like you said, feeling Mm -hmm. they can bring all of that to the table and not be like, oh, these people are all in my business. I have to like, keep half of my stuff to myself and just only Mm -hmm. focus on work because otherwise they're going to interfere. And now I'm just being really cagey. Like it it doesn't make sense. A thousand and fifty percent. Like, and I love the story of like your coworker who has the pasta sauce business. Like people are interesting. I'm going to quote the internal comms team. People are awesome. And we are so much more than what we have to do for a company. And it doesn't hurt, you know, most of the time, if not all the time, it doesn't hurt our work. Like we are there still showing up, doing the dang thing, um, you know, providing, uh, meeting the bottom line, meeting deadlines, like all that stuff. But yeah, like it's, we're we're humans and there's so much that we find connection with with other humans and that's the stuff like yes we can all come together create this like really great product or work on this really awesome project together and hopefully generate income for the business absolutely yes like they are paying us to work we'll show up and do the work but make it enjoyable <laughs> Like, yeah, I'm not going to bed dreaming about the spreadsheets that I'm going to make tomorrow, but of course I'm going to do it and I'm probably going to have a fun time doing spreadsheets. You know, I like to make some templates, but the stuff that I talk with with my coworkers are so many things outside of that. And similar to you, um, a lot of our loyal listeners are also people that I worked with. And, you know, and so like work relationships are really important um and especially if they garner like a positive experience i've also though been on the other side of that and i'm sure you have too where i feel like i've shown in a good way like who i am my true colors and just like boundaries were just crossed too much and instead of it feeling like empowering like oh look like they know my interests and they know so much about me 
it started to be used against me. And so that's when I'm like, okay, pulling the curtain back. You don't deserve that. (laughs) Yeah, it, it really does depend on environment. So two quick things. First, I will drop this in the show notes, but her family's company is called Montone Sauce and Co. So I will link it if anyone wants to support a small business I out love of New a Jersey. Co. I love a co too. Like I instead of co. just company, it's so cute. So Montone Sauce and Co. I'll link it in the show notes. You guys support. Um, I'm really, I'm really excited about that. But to your point, yeah, it, I don't know. You know, I lost it again. So <laughs> you were thinking about pasta. You were thinking about food. <laughs> um, so this article, while you garner your thoughts again, collect your thoughts. Yes. Again. Give us real the- <laughs> like resources. <laughs> I know you are so good at, at finding articles and resourcing you PR maven. Um, but this one's from Business Insider. It is from – actually, it was – up. oh, it was updated April 6, 2023. So we've got a recent girl. Um, it does err on the side of – like the, the, the title is, here's how and when to tell your boss about it and why you probably should. So I just want to caveat that with this article. It errs on the side of being really transparent, building trust with your employer and your managers. They do bring up some good points. So I would recommend reading the article. Um, But there's a quote in here that there's this notion that ideal employees are devoted to their jobs and available 24-7. Some worry that having a side hustle may signal lack of commitment. But they did like a small survey of 50 50 managers who were asking them like, hey, if if your team team member told you that they had a side hustle like what would you be what would be your opinion um 35 of managers were supportive of their employees side hustles 30 percent were unbothered as long as the side hustle didn't interfere with their jobs and 20 percent thought that it wasn't their business um and only a minority of managers were worried about employee burnout or concerned that their employee side hustles would take time away from the organization um so i do think that there is still this idea maybe that it's a disruptor and not a connector or an adder and like how can we sort of flip that narrative for employers to understand that in the right way just how giving people flexible time you know it really is going to add value and not take away the bottom line. Okay. I love that you shared that article because it was really good. It also reminded me of what I was going to say, which is (laughs) (laughs) connected to your thing. Like your question of how do we get employers to understand that it is a value add, or at the very least, it's not a subtracto, most importantly. Mm -hmm. I think in the same way that some people get fulfillment out of a side job, side hustle, whatever we want to call it. I think that's the same way that some people get out of having a family. And you would never, mm-hmm. ever, no real, like, respectable company in 2023 would discriminate against someone for choosing to have children or be a caretaker, even if that sometimes might mean that, like, oh, someone's sick and I might have to step away for a little bit. It's like, that's life. They're still contributing at 100 or 110 percent. Mm-hmm. They're still super valuable. It's okay that they have this thing outside of work that 
takes up their attention and time. I know many people who don't want children or people like me who do want children, but also I'm interested in other projects as well. And I, I don't see why some activities that take up your time outside of work should be okay. And I agree 100% mm-hmm. that they should be. And others frowned upon. If you are able to maintain clear boundaries between, again, I'm not using my work device. I'm not doing it on work time. It's not interfering with my ability to show up at 100% for my job, meet deadlines, et cetera. Who cares? Mm -hmm. Who cares? Or sometimes, sometimes, I mean, with this whole like flexibility thing, you have to leave work for an appointment or you have to leave work to go pick up your kid, drop them, do drop off. But I can't take like a 30-minute call um, for a potential client to do a mural during the work hours. But it's also sort of like I have to wait till seven o'clock, which also feels disrespectful of their time. And so I think, yeah, yeah. these things, like the weight of activities that we do outside of, of work are not equal right now. And our employer should not have control over that. You know, like here, like here, you you pay me for 40 hours. It's likely that it goes over. (laughs) Yeah, let's be real. (laughs) You know, and like we sort of talked about this off the pod where, you know, talking about this a little bit. And, you know, in my head, I'm like, well, should I have a contract with my employer then to say, hey, you're promising me that I'm only working 40 hours. And if I go over or if you uh, start taking, time out of my personal life to do something for work, that's a breach of contract. And to me, it's somewhat similar to them asking you to disclose every single thing that you do outside of your if your of your job and having to tell them way too much of your business. As long as there's no issue with the work I'm delivering or my performance and I'm not in like complete competitive like I'm not working with a competitor directly or anything like that. And I'm not, you know, doing anything like too illegal. (laughs) I say it's fair game. And, you know, kind of going back to the question, like, should you have to tell your employer? I'm still like, no. (laughs) Even though. (laughs) Stay out of my business. (laughs) Yeah. Like, even though, like, I understand the, the argument of being transparent I, I, it's still like by situation, but I don't think I'm going to right away tell somebody what I'm doing. (sighs) But I say that and then I think about the next time that I, you know, apply for a job, will I tell them about this podcast? I want to, I want to be comfortable enough to, to do that. But am I going to disclose like every single thing I'm doing outside of that? Not necessarily, I don't necessarily know if it's their business. I agree with you. I think the ideal situation would be where there's enough trust in the employee-employer contract that I shouldn't have to tell you what I'm doing because you trust that I'm not in violation, but I am so comfortable and invested in the community of this workplace that I want to share with you all the things that I'm doing. Yeah. Love that. Mm -hmm. That's the situation I'm currently in where I was not forced to disclose, but I felt comfortable enough 
to share. And I think that has been such a beautiful experience that if I had been mandated to, it would have just soured this, you know, really nice moment of disclosure where I just said, hey, I know I don't have to tell you this. And it's I know Mm -hmm. you're going to be fine with it, but I just I see you almost as a friend, not even almost like you are a friend to me. Like this is not just a workplace. I want you guys to know what's going on and that it won't be an issue. But I just want to share more of myself here. And Mm -hmm. I think that is really beautiful. I, yeah, I, I don't know. And maybe, oh, sorry. Oh, no. The only thing I was going to say is that I would love to see the reception if you gave a company. (laughs) This is Melissa's contract. (laughs) Do not talk to me outside (laughs) of these hours. (laughs) Well, well, I mean, they make you like sign all these papers during that. And I respect it. I get it. Like you have to protect your company. You have to protect your bottom line. But employer employees should also have that respect back. Um, and I just don't know if we do legally, you know, and Not I really here. wish we did. In yeah, France, I really wish it's illegal. Did. It's illegal to talk, to send you emails outside of work hours, like on the weekend, like your company can get fined. So bon voyage. We're moving to France. No, I'm All just kidding. Right. <laughs> and Mali and Paris. I guess she had something right. Yeah, no, but I think I think this was a good conversation. I again, I really just I feel I feel excited by news like that one out of Japan that I saw earlier this year mm-hmm. that people are just realizing in order to attract and retain great talent, you're going to have to be a little more flexible. And again, mm-hmm. employees on the receiving end don't exploit or abuse that freedom and then we don't can just, ruin it for us exactly we can all be in uh i don't know not parasitic what is it Sym- sympathetic i don't know i'm trying to use some biology terms as, oh girl as. not i am not your girl <laughs> we can I all be in a win-win sure. situation oh <laughs> you know what i'm saying it's like is it s- not synergy <laughs> photosynthesis <laughs> God. Um, yeah. Renee and I were really good in writing in the arts. I don't know about math. Yeah, we know our strengths. So if you hear that someone at the employee has like a side gig as a chemist, like you know that's not me. No, no, no. Never, ever. Um, no, but yeah, this is I, – I think too, it's just the if we – Oh, gosh. Now I'm losing my thought because I'm stuck on photosynthesis. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Chlorophyll. Um, just shouting out all the biology words I know. <laughs> I definitely was not an AP biology. I somehow was an AP environmental science. Same. So and it, Were we in the same class? Maybe. <laughs> I don't even know. Maybe we were. I just remember we had to watch a documentary on the Australian toads. Wait, anyway, we were in the same class. I watched that. We were in the same Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and our high school teacher also used to be a gymnast. Were yes. we in the same class? Okay. Yeah. We were in the same class. Um, okay, back to side gigs, putting my putting my piloting hat back on. Um, if we all were fulfilled and were able to garner income outside of our full-time positions, and it didn't always just feel like working and we're making good money like I just feel 
like things would be good, right? Like it's like our 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 economy would be better. We're spending more money because we're making more money. I'm not an economist, but I feel like that is a recipe for getting out of recession. <clears throat> CNN, we've got your next talking head. <laughs> <laughs> Melissa Vega Magvatang cured the recession. <laughs> I was really bad at math. I was really bad at science, but I'm really good at economics. <laughs> but you know what I mean? And like we would just be more happy, fulfilled. Like we would have this understanding that in the nine to five, Solly, like, sorry, Dolly Parton, but that might, you know, RIP soon. And it really is more about flexibility and yeah, we all would just be happier. Yeah. I think we're all kind of think of our lives as a quilt where we're just patching together different pieces, different jobs, different things that like make the quilt beautiful. <laughs> Do you know where I'm going From with this? economics <laughs> to quilting. I love this. Yeah. It, you know, yes. it's, it's like, it's a, it's like life. Like you can have a romantic partner that you love, but you still need friends. Like you can have a job that you love, but you might still want things mm-hmm. outside of that. And it doesn't take away from how much you we're, love your job. Yeah. <laughs> we're all multi-layered. We're all multifaceted. We're all multidimensional and we all deserve to be multi-hyphenates. Period. Period. Snap, snap, snap. Clap, clap, clap. I like that. That was good. I love that. I love that. We're just all multi. Yeah. No, that was that was beautiful. That was a little wrap. Love a multi-purpose room. Love a multi-purpose girl. Um, that was great. So now we just need to make this podcast lucrative. I know. We're getting there, baby. One step at a time. <laughs> consistency Um, consistency um gold stars okay so i listened to one of the best podcast episodes i've ever listened to earlier oh was it our was it ours no i'm just kidding i mean ours are up there for sure in (laughs) the history books (laughs) so i'm gonna mix it up for you guys but it was recommended to me not personally but it was a recommendation from an influencer i enjoy erin on demand she focuses on business and branding she's cool Mm -hmm. professional black woman entrepreneur you should check her out i'll link her in the show notes as well but she recommended this podcast interview on the ed milet show and he interviewed master p who if you remember master p used to be like a big athlete at some point We know, I know him mostly from like music, rap, hip hop, that space. And now he's like a huge business mogul. And I have never listened to someone drop so many gems on success, business, moving through adversity. Um, Mm. I mean, it's truly just this man has so much wisdom and he's so approachable. His background is not the traditional MBA, professional, professional job, XYZ executive career. He came from, in his words, the projects in New Orleans. So grew up in like a rough environment, poverty, XYZ. And he just talks about his keys for success. And he drops gems left and right. It's all about, he says he actively looks for problems because when he 
sees mm. problems, he sees businesses. Those are opportunities to solve an issue for people and that we should all be looking for problems. He talks about why it's important to start at the that. bottom and not cheat your way to the top and that you have to kind of get in the weeds to move yourself up. He talks about the importance of surrounding yourself with the right people that we should all, I mean, I could talk for an hour about all the things he said. So I will drop it in the show notes. I'm also like diving into other interviews on the Ed Milet show, which I think is going to be like a new podcast in my regular rotation. Yeah, I need to listen to this too. Yeah, it's it's a great like 75 minutes of just wisdom from someone who really no one had any expectations that he would go far and has surpassed most people's wildest dreams and he still has that Heck hunger. Yeah. He talks about that we we learn more from our losses than from our wins and that we should like look for those losses as like a <sighs> moment to learn. I mean, everything yeah. out of his mouth was a quotable and it was just like, ooh, yeah, let me write that down. Let me highlight that. So good. We get more sauce for those nuggets he's dropping. <laughs> God, I don't know why I thought about that. Anyway, <laughs> I, I want to listen to that too. I yeah, it's, to it's a good too. one. You can watch it on YouTube or just like Spotify, Apple, Ooh. podcast, whatever. You Your consumption and like a good way – like you consume such great content. Like I love when you share things. Like I read this, like I'm reading this book, like I follow this person and we really are like what we consume. Um, I mean, you also like consume oh. other trashy things, but that doesn't make it, you yeah, trash. It's definitely, yeah, it's <laughs> definitely a balance of like how do I make myself better and how – do I like lose a couple brain cells at the same time? <laughs> it's like, but that's okay. That's it's called life. balance, baby. High, low, <laughs> high, low. <laughs> um, my gold star is an individual as well. Um, her name is Rubina, R-U-B-I-N-A. And I started following her on Instagram. Um, her handle is at with Rubina, like W-I-T-H Rubina. And she is a Filipina American. Um, she every time she just comes on my feed, I suppose you could call her like an influencer, content creator is probably a little bit more more than like an influencer. She doesn't like do outfits and link them all, you know. Um, but she is just this spark of joy and light on your feed and she has just Aww. this like the this you know she's she's similar to our age I think she's actually like maybe a little bit like maybe a year or two older and she just comes in with so much honesty about where she's at in life and this attitude of like don't you ever let anyone think that you're too much and I, I you just that. need yeah it, it, it's so like refreshing and empowering like she's not like anybody else that I follow you know it's not like here are my Amazon recommendations here are the gadgets like even though I follow that shit <laughs> like she's so like her style is so different from everyone that I follow um her presence the way she talks like she's not afraid to be herself um I think she got her start on Instagram because she's a big like um, roller skater, 
And she was actually she actually performed at some award ceremony with Jason Mraz. And she was <laughs> yeah, random. Casual. Awesome, casual. <laughs> and she was on some lyrics game show. I haven't seen the episode. Um, and she does like group trips, like they went to Costa Rica last year, and this year they're going to Thailand. So basically oh my the gosh. trips that I know that, that we did for EF college <laughs> break, Renee. Yeah. Um yeah, she just pulls at my heartstrings in the best way. She has this beautiful relationship with her dad and her sister, and she shares it. Oh. She's very open about, um, you know, what she she goes through with generational trauma and with losing her mom. And she's just someone I think everyone in the world should follow. Oh, I'll have to look her up, too. I, I love that you described her as just this source of light in your timeline, I think. I we find all that we all need that. And I find social media very inspiring and I have a good relationship with it because of cultivating people like that in my feed. So I'm excited that we can share some examples if anyone just needs more of that in, in their timeline. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Basically, I just like need Rubina to be my friend. I'm like, I'm Filipina. <laughs> I know. And woman of color. We love that. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I can't great. skate, but I want to be you. I really um, want to skate, but. I know. Every time I think about getting into it, I'm just like, ride your bike first. You bought the bike first. You need to go ride it and stop picking up these like hobbies that you can't, you can't do. <laughs> oh, my friend had a quick know. tangent. My friend had a birthday party a couple years ago at this cool roller rink um skate rink in new york city and we all dressed in costumes i spent the entire party on my butt or my knees because i just kept falling i was so bruised after these little kids were there and they were like oh no if you just do it like this like you'll get the hang of it and i was like i don't know if i will (laughs) and i i actually am someone who has really good balance from years of dance it just i don't know i couldn't figure out like where to put my body weight and it was rough Mm. i have to give it another try but i was literally scarred so (laughs) i need to take a break there's nothing shameful of wearing some knee pads and you might have to wear like the bike the bike shorts with the little little butt padding yeah, I mean, after Barbie, I feel like that's like a that's a lot oh, now. It can make it. That's a thing. gonna be it's gonna be everyone's Halloween costume. I, know, I can't I have wait. To start thinking about mine. Um, Hi, Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> um, Melissa, do you want to share your Ooh. manifestation? Yes, and this time, friends, I have a source, and most. <laughs> I th- <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think some of us, maybe a lot of us follow them already, but it's at We The Urban. If you don't follow them on Instagram, also yeah. another great follow. Um, but this one I read, and it's actually really great timing with a birthday coming up, and it's Breathe. You haven't met all of you yet. There is so much more life to live. And it's just like this idea that we as people can t- can continue to grow again. We're like multi layered, and we haven't met all of us. Like how beautiful and how cool is that? Like there is a future Melissa out there that I don't know, um, that I'm excited to meet one day, and can't wait to learn about all of her lessons learned. And we can we're, we go through eras, and 
yeah we can be very we can be very different like, we can be many versions of ourselves and they're all important and worthy and beautiful that's a great find Elle. i like that a lot <laughs> and what's yours Okay, so mine, I'm trying to adopt a manifestation from this Master P podcast that I was talking about. And he tells an anecdote about how eagles and turkeys look relatively similar, but eagles can fly and soar, whereas turkeys stay on the ground. And sometimes when you're hanging out with people, like the moral of the story is really just like be mindful of who you spend your time with, is that you might be hanging out with people who you think are in the same headspace as you. They have the same goals, the same drive. Like we're all the sum of the five people we spend the most time with. Mm -hmm. But you have to pay attention to like who's actually taking flight with you. And that's not to judge people based on success, but like who's trying to take flight with you and who's got their feet on the ground and so whenever you're in a mixed group and you're not sure what's going on to be the eagle so my manifestation is to be the eagle be the eagle i never liked turkey anyway and it's kind of dry (laughs) (laughs) and i would call another short story i would other i would always call our copywriter or our copy editor on our team, like hashtag eagle eyes, you know, because they're really good at catching things. So I have very good connotations with eagles. Same. Symbol of freedom. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned, you know, like about the five people. And there's also some studies about the average, like if you hang out with certain people, like you all will – average the amount of money that you all make together like you're more likely to make more money if other people around you are also making similar money or something like that um that doesn't surprise me because I've also heard from my health podcasts that if your close friend is obese you're like a significantly higher percentage likely Mm. to become overweight or obese yourself like there's so many scientific like evidence yeah. of how much we're influenced by the people around us, physically, mentally, financially, et cetera. It's, it's actually a little alarming. And also like magnified when you're talking about your partner, that the person that you oh. choose to be with for the rest of your life or, you know, a long period of time, um, how much, I, I don't know where I read this. There's a so many things we get, we consume on a daily basis, but yeah, like the their attitude about food. I mean, you're spending how many meals with this person? How many days? How many conversations? Like it is probably one of the biggest decisions if you choose to be with somebody. It is one of the probably the biggest decisions um, of your life and choose choose wisely. <laughs> choose they, carefully. I think a lot of successful people, I can't remember specific names now, but they do say it is in their opinion, the single most important mm-hmm. decision you will make. It was like who you finances. spend your life with. Yeah. Yeah, like finances was like a big, big thing. Um, like oh, actually the biggest sense. investment you're going to make in your life is not the stock, but your partner. I think I know mm. where the video came from and I will sh- uh, share it in the show notes if I find it. And if not, hunt me down and I will do it. <laughs> so you have permission to hunt Melissa down. Her address <laughs> is <I'm> – just joking. <laughs> um, But thank you, Melissa, for another great, great conversation and so many great resources. Lots. Yeah. Thanks again for another saucy 
plus sentimental chat. <laughs> um, and I, I'm going to definitely listen to the Masterpiece one. I mean, already the Be the Eagle. I Honestly, I definitely like fumbled that. So when you hear him say it, it will make way more sense. But no, I liked the way that you paraphrased it. Oh, thank you. It kind of sounded <laughs> convoluted in my head. But he, I mean, it's just top to bottom. Take everyone. the compliment, Renee. <laughs> I, thank you. Thank you. You're right. I crushed it. You don't need to listen to the podcast. I gave you all the keys. <laughs> Cliff Notes by Renee. Yeah. <laughs> Reviewed by Renee. I love an alliteration. Me too. Um, well, thank you all for being here and we'll see you next week. See you next week for our book club, guys. Bye.